This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And we've got an excellent episode for you today. Yeah, we it's a really enlightening one. For sure. We've got Anne Bonner, who is a natural builder located on the island, Victoria, BC. And Anne is actually going to talk to us about building with natural materials and uh, some interesting techniques. Yeah, I mean, Anne is sort of in the tradition of Kim Little from episode, back in episode 20, who who talked about building laneway houses and coach houses. Right. And, and more specifically about how there's this movement among millennials or younger uh, adults that are, are fine and, and seeking out smaller spaces to live in. And I think this, this push towards natural building is, is very much a part of that. And there, there seems to be, and I mean, all you have to do is watch uh, HGTV or, or TLC or I don't know. MTV. Any, MTV or Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, maybe not Cribs. Yeah. But there's this trend towards building with natural materials. There's a trend towards smaller spaces. There's uh, this kind of getting off the grid, perhaps. Yeah. And it makes and it makes perfect sense if you're somebody really interested in lowering your carbon footprint, right? You're, For sure. You know, living kind of simple. And yeah, that so, so it makes sense. And actually, I was just thinking, you know, and it comes out in the interview, but Anne actually has a house on wheels. 
She's got a house on wheels. Anne has, it sounds like Anne has a very, very small carbon footprint. E- yes. Most like a, definitely. A it also footprint. sounds like she, she should be, there is a show about houses on wheels. I see <laughs> a baby's footprint. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll post some photos of her, of her house because it's very cool. And you know what? This is the other, this got me thinking. I, I don't, I mean, we live in the city. We live right in Vancouver, but the, you know, as a, as a potential secondary home perhaps on one of the, like like a Keats Island or or maybe in the uh, Sunshine Coast. Something like this could be really cool. Yeah, or if you're just moving there. I mean, I have a, well, we both have a friend who is, uh, he's building a, a, a cottage in on the prairies, but it's a yurt, which right. is uh, as opposed to a, a traditional cabin or cottage, which, uh, hmm. you know, don't ask me what a yurt is. I think it's kind of a, a tent that is... We'll have a we'll have a yurt expert on uh, in the future. This but, is not uh, doing much for our credibility on natural building here, Matt. Yeah. Just <laughs> anyway, say he's building a yurt, and we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. Google it. <laughs> so, without further ado, here is our interview with Ann Bonner, natural yeah. builder. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so we're here with Anne Bonner, a natural builder based out of Victoria. How are you doing, Anne? Good. Great. Yeah, how are you doing? Fantastic. Great. Very excited to talk to you guys. Ah, we're excited to talk to you. So for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Um, I have been doing natural building for about eight or nine years, something oh. like that. I did uh, a natural building program with College of the Rockies in Kimberley. That was like a summer long thing. We did like a whole bunch of workshops all together and built a little like timber frame earthen building with straw bales, timber frame straw bale building. And after that, I applied to um, get a grant with the Women in Trades organization in BC. And I got my tuition covered to do the uh, timber frame program at the college as well in Cranbrook. And then after that, I managed to get a six-month internship at our eco-village in Shawnigan Lake. So I went and lived there for six months and built a lot of stuff with a lot of awesome people. And uh, yeah, I took a lot of workshops, started to teach workshops at that point when I was there. We did straw bale building, cob building, uh, started on earthen floors there, started to do a lot of plastering um, and carpentry as well. So that was pretty big. And then after that, I just started working. And I've been doing natural building as like full-time employment for the last, like ever since that, I guess. So that's, so yeah, like six or seven years ago. Great. Been doing this full-time, yeah. Fantastic. So hey, Anne, maybe we should uh, back up just a bit um, because I'm not super familiar with natural building and I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't. Can you just describe exactly what it is? I mean, from your description there, I think we have an idea, but... Yeah, so basically it's just building with earthen materials and so uh, some different techniques are light clay, which is uh, doing your wall infill with straw and clay. So you basically like take straw, loose straw, and you like mix it up and coat it with a little bit of clay and then you like pack it into a formed wall and then you take off the forms and then your entire wall is straw clay. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny 
trying to explain this to people who don't really know what it is because i i don't know i have no idea what it sounds like to like the outside world they're just people are just like what are you talking about (laughs) but uh it actually makes a lot of sense and builds beautiful houses um but there's also straw bale building which is a lot more familiar to people building with straw bales pretty common in the prairies and the mountains where you have like a nice cold dry climate and uh, you get these big, beefy, thick walls that are just made out of straw bales. Cob building is another one that's really familiar to people. Everybody knows about, like, cob cottages and little cob houses. And people also do, like, cob masonry heaters and cob ovens and garden sheds. You know, you kind of there's, like, a cob garden shed in every major center, I'm pretty sure, like, across North America. So what are some of the benefits of using materials like cob or um, hay bales? Hay bales. Straw bales. Straw bales. Um, straw bales. <laughs> I said straw bales. You, you, you might have heard that, hay that was, bales. That was Matt. That was me. <laughs> My bad. Um, so you're not using any industrially made toxic building materials. Usually, like, the people who want to build buildings like this are, like, really have the environment in mind and also their own health in mind. So you're not bringing any toxic materials inside your house and you're kind of using what you have. Like if you build with cob, you're using straw, which is a waste product and sand and clay, which are just 100 percent non-toxic. You know, you can basically like feed them to your kids and they probably won't like it, but they won't get sick as well. The embodied energy of conventional building projects products is really high. So just kind of removing yourself from that consumer stream i guess a lot of people just don't really resonate with the way that buildings are built now i don't think just because there's a lot of osb which has like formaldehyde in it you know a lot of plastic a lot of stuff being shipped like from china so the carbon footprint and embodied energy is really high and so like alternatively if you're building like a straw bale timber frame house it uses like you can get wood from a local sawyer and you can get straw bales you know, usually locally, not so much on the West Coast, but like in other parts of North America. Okay. Yeah, you're just like reducing your environmental impact like hugely by using right. natural both natural materials. Cool. And a lot of people, a lot of clients we get also have like allergies, like chemical sensitivities. Sure. Yeah. So it's really good for people who are sensitive to that sort of stuff. What about? You don't really get any of that. So we're obviously we live in a pretty cold climate. Uh, what about things like how how are the homes heated typically, and then also how are they insulated? You can heat these homes the same way that you would heat any other home. I although I don't know of any natural buildings that have like a furnace, you know, like a forced right. air furnace. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, people use radiant heat instead because. One of the things with natural building is with that you're going for is uh, like thermal mass properties. I, one of my favorite ways to heat a house, if you can afford it and it's it's so nice, is to do like radiant in-floor heating. I did a house a while ago. We did an earthen floor, so we did like four and a half inches of earth over top of hot water pipe. It's not like it's not like super warm, but the floor is not cold and it mm-hmm. just like makes the whole house so pleasant to be in and it's dry because here on the coast where it's really damp, you you really need that dry radiant heat like from a wood stove or from a masonry heater or from radiant in-floor heating because you need to get the moisture out 
of everything. As everybody knows, he lives in like these old wooden houses. Right. They can get pretty damp in the winter. So, so, so Anne, you're in, in Victoria right now. And is this um, an urban phenomenon as well? Like are people, if uh, a lot of our listeners are in Vancouver proper, um, yeah. do you know of natural builders here in, in Vancouver or, or in urban centers, larger urban centers? It doesn't really happen so much in the city. I, and I don't, I don't know. Like for one thing, it makes like a pretty big mess that in your front yard, like while you're doing it, because there's a lot of clay involved in mud and like, you know, buckets and lots of laborers running around. And I think another thing is pretty much all of the houses that I do are outside of the city, but it's a lot of them are like city people who are looking to low down, right. downsize and relax and just like create a really wonderful home for themselves. And I think like in the city, maybe some people are concerned about resale value of their house. So they are not familiar with natural building and maybe don't want to like deviate from the norm in case, you know, because they just don't trust it and they don't want to do anything like funny with their house. Yeah, there goes the neighborhood type uh, fears. Yeah, but you can do these things like you can do retrofit in any kind of house like you can you know, rip out your carpeting and put in an earthen floor in a house in the city. That's something that you can totally do because you can put it in any house. And um, there's a lot of plasters in the city. Like there's a lot of people who do lime plaster, super upscale, fancy lime plaster. And there are people who do clay plasters as well. You know, like plastering is a ticketed trade. It's a very old trade and it's there aren't really as many around. And it's it's kind of expensive, too, because it's uh, you're paying for labor, yeah, you know, niche. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. probably very few, I would imagine, fewer people that actually specialize in that area. There's not very many. I know that if you called up a plastering company in Vancouver, you could get clay plasters in your house, like for sure. And in Victoria as well. And there's also me. You know, I don't have my ticket, so I don't really cost as much. <laughs> we'll get to your contact information at the end <laughs> so, but I would love to do more in the city I would love 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 it and I would totally come over to Vancouver to do projects so what are some of the considerations for listeners so obviously you've pointed to the fact that it reduces your carbon footprint it's also good if you're concerned about your health and you don't want to deal with maybe toxic um, toxic materials or, or, chemicals, yeah. Yeah. or chemicals so what are some considerations for listeners that maybe they have a, a more modern conventional home but they want to incorporate natural materials into their home what is there any advice that you would give our listeners yeah i think like the one thing that would transform a house like a regular house is uh considering earthen plasters because it changes the space like so much it's so different from paint there is like absolutely no comparison the texture of your wall is totally different and there's actually a study that came out of the University of Texas and it showed that I guess some people plastered a room and then they were like sending people into the room and asking them like how they felt when they came out and what they observed and what they noticed about being in the room and people like really felt like more comfortable in the space and they said that the air quality was better like the air is really fresh and then they did um, like air quality test carpet is really bad for off-casting mm -hmm. like synthetic carpet it was like actually taking pollutants like out of the air I don't know how it was happening. Maybe some like ionic like chemical air science thing was happening with the clay, but I think it'll definitely improve your air quality. Just out of my curiosity, so earthen floors. Mm -hmm. So what what exactly like does that almost look like a like a polished concrete? I don't know if I would. No, it doesn't look like polished concrete. Um. Hmm. Is it like a matte no. finish or is there a, a, can you put a 
like a sheen on it or yeah so it's basically it's clay sand and straw so the color kind of depends on whatever color of clay and sand that you use and then uh, how much straw you want to put in so if you put in a healthy dose of straw then you're like actually seeing the straw all over the top of the floor like it's in there you can't like pick it out or anything right but it changes the color yeah well there's just like little one inch bits of straw in there so the floors are generally pretty dark because the sand that we get is usually like just regular sand and you oil it so that makes it quite dark but the the straw really pops out because it's like a golden color Hmm. super pretty and uh yeah you can put pigment in the oil you can put pigment in the mix there's a woman down in portland a friend of mine sakita she has uh like a little company where she sells earth and floor mix and she does different colors green and red and brown you can do a black floor like whatever you want so polished concrete no it's not as cold it's a lot warmer of a texture and just a like it look. I don't know. I find concrete to be really cold, like just its color. And yeah. I find it to be like really hard. I would also and, like, imagine. Dense. I would imagine that clay actually retains heat, right? Really mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. you would think that, especially, it would be very efficient if you had um, if you had a radiant in floor heating system. Yeah, yeah. It's not the floors are not so much clay. They're actually probably like 85, 80, like eighty percent sand. Oh wow. So it's like packed sand, basically. And then, like, if you go to the beach, you know, like after the sun has gone down, the beach is so warm for quite a while. Right. Yeah. And it just, it feels so much nicer on your feet. Like, it's, they're really hard. I have a earthen floor in my house. And the one that I did, that one with the radiant heat, is at my friend's parents' house. So I see that floor all the time. They're so tough. It's really impressive. Like, you can't scratch them. I chop firewood on my earthen floor. They're skookums. I would definitely, and they also have, like, I think because of all the straw and everything, they're more, uh, resistant to cracking than concrete floors. Matt and I are incapable of chopping wood, but we will definitely, uh, Matt, Matt will walk on that. I, I believe you though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and it sounds like it's a, a fairly tight knit community, uh, involved. Yeah. Where, where do you see, would, I guess two questions. One, would you say natural building is a, is a movement? Is it gaining steam or, or gaining, uh, momentum? Momentum. And, and also, where do you see it heading or what direction would you like to, to see this, uh, this movement move towards? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> in the state, I don't know if it's getting, I don't know if it's really like gaining popularity. I think it's kind of been like even since I got into it but like down in the states it's pretty strong Oregon Washington California down the west coast and yeah kind of like the whole west coast of the states I'd say like there's people that I know down there that just have projects like all the time you know they're always working right and they have huge portfolios but uh up here it has been like swimming upstream a little bit and I think that part of the reason for that is people don't really know about it that much and it's all and it's all word of mouth like none of us like nobody that i know maybe like one person actually markets themselves we all suck at marketing so i think that that is like a contributing I, factor to getting the word out like everything is word of mouth i don't i 100% of my of my jobs are like that yeah, you know, I or th- like 
people want to build a house and then they start asking around and then somebody is like oh and I think this person Anne might do something like that you know and then they get a hold of me and then and then magic happens or whatever but that's kind of it and also like because the community is so small we lost two natural builders from our Vancouver Island community like from southern Vancouver Island and that was it that was a huge hit and yeah, these two two awesome women, they moved away. There was maybe five of us or so and like some peripherals, like support people like carpenters and all those other tradespeople, like they're still around. But for the natural builders, there wasn't very many, like, like say maybe five. And then if two leaves, like that's pretty big. And yeah, no because kidding. we were all getting each other jobs and we were all putting the word out, you know, and we were all, so the more people that you have, like just talking and being in the, just being in the community, you know, it helps a lot. But uh, more people, I think if more people were into it, you know, and more people were trying to do the work and it would pick up. But um, it's kind of hard to make a living at it because it's not as popular as I would like to see it. But uh, I just watched this super awesome video of Estonia. They have um, part of their like cultural heritage is these like big, beautiful clay barns that they've been building with light clay and cob and everything. And I guess after the Second War, they were occupied by Russia and that all sort of fell apart. But now people are trying to bring that craft back. So they're having like a huge resurgence. Like their government, before the war, the government was supporting natural building and trying to funding people to learn how to do it and stuff so more structures could be built which is kind of interesting it'd be really cool if our government was like actually maybe you guys should start building with clay and straw instead of like fabricated crap Right. That was really bad. Okay, so Matt and I had uh, Kim Little from Smallworks on recently, and she was talking about this kind of general movement towards tiny houses or, or micro lofts, smaller spaces. And again, it kind of coincides with uh, the larger argument that we don't need to have these these massive homes anymore, these large estates. You know, they're not great for the environment. And suburban sprawl, that and kind of And suburban thing. sprawl, that sort of thing. So yeah. do, do you see this as kind of connected to the natural movement, this move towards smaller spaces? spaces or um, people kind of living off grid? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just um, part of the movement of people becoming more conscious of their living space and the impact that it has on all kinds of things being the environment or cities, like you said, and also just a reflection of the economy. Like people uh, want to like becoming like absolutely impossible to find a place to live in Vancouver and in Victoria as you guys know, and it's also creeping, creeping up like around all over the island. And so and people are just looking for alternatives, not because it's really a trend, but it's more like kind of have to. A requirement. You know? Would you say, yeah. would you say most of the people involved are, there's a couple things that struck me. One, well, Kim Little was saying that it's mainly millennials, quote unquote, who are, who are interested or who are more able accepting. to move. Yeah. More accepting of smaller spaces. But what struck me about when you were talking about your community was you lost two natural builders they were both women obviously when most people think of the trades as uh, at least the traditional trades as dominated by men largely there seems like there's um, an interesting kind of gender dynamic as well yeah it's kind of interesting like compared to conventional construction which is you know like 90 percent dudes <laughs> yeah so awful. i can imagine um, a personal question do you live in a home built with natural materials? Yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. So my house, I built a tiny house on wheels, a trailer house. Um, it's about 
260 square feet altogether. So I couldn't do the type of construction that I would normally do if I was building a house on a foundation because it's too heavy. You have to really consider uh, weight requirements for building on a trailer. So the walls are conventional stud frame with rock fill insulation and a vapor barrier. But I did do like everything in my power to build with as many natural products and waste products as I could. So I have like a recycled fur floor that was made from like old timbers from an old warehouse somewhere on the island. And I did, I used like wood fiberboard on my end walls instead of uh, drywall. There's no drywall in my house. I did wood paneling on the walls, like just pine. And uh, I have an earthen floor like under my wood stove and in my bathroom. And I have earthen countertops as well and earthen plasters. So like half of my walls are wood and half of them are earth. So I did everything I could. And it's There's, it's on wheels, you said? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I built it on a trailer. I had a little trailer like fabricated by a welder. Maybe we can post some and, photos uh, to our show page. What kind of roof do you have? I have a tin roof. It's a gambrel. It looks like a little barn. And it's uh and it's heated by the wood stove, is that right? Yeah, I have a little tiny wood stove, very small. All right. Well, Anne, how can people reach you? So my email is thewoodbuffalo at gmail.com, thewoodbuffalo at gmail.com. And I think that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. So if anyone has questions about natural building or if they want to be connected to any natural builders in the lower mainland, send Anne an email. That's right. Yeah, totally. Or natural builders in BC. We got like my two friends, they moved out to the Kootenays and there's a, there's a lot of people building out there. Um, oh yeah. I also have a blog. It's really old, but it's Omitka natural finishes at wordpress.com. O M I T K A Omitka natural finishes at wordpress.com. Right on. Well, thanks so much, Anne. That was uh, really interesting, and it, it veers off our normal subject matter, but I think in a, in a real positive way. So thanks very much. You're very welcome. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Anne Bonner, natural builder extraordinaire. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of useful information, a lot of... Uh, I'm a big fan of Anne's. Big fan of ants, and uh, you know, the, I, I really think this sort of hay f- hay uh, in the floor it could have a really nice color. It could, yeah. You know, I mean, actually, it's interesting because I can see how uh, some people in in um, in Vancouver. Obviously, we have a big kind of environmental movement. Um, environmentalist movement Uh, we've got also uh, people that have a a lot of allergies I mean you know you look at like a place like Finlandia uh, which is the kind of more natural pharmacy it's one of the you know it's massive here where that might not be as massive in a city like Montreal or a city like uh, perhaps Toronto yeah I mean west coast we're we're a bit kind of more uh, granola crunching and uh, like environmental material or, or environmental friendly materials. Yeah. And if you can incorporate that into your home, then why not? Yeah. And I think the big surprise is that there's not uh, more of it happening in Vancouver right now, but I, right. I expect that to, to change. For sure. So Matt, uh, just quickly, we'll, we've got this, uh, we've got this drive to 100 reviews 
And uh, I'm, you know, we're getting close. We're at, we're almost at 80. I think we're 79. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we say it every episode, but we just, we really want to get this point across. The The biggest compliment, if you like the, if you like the podcast, the biggest compliment you can give us is by, by rating us on iTunes or on Stitcher. Yeah. And uh, we would be forever grateful. We read them all and. Uh, Absolutely. So Adam, how can people reach you? So you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at com And Matt? Yeah, you can try me at 778-847-2854. I'm always available. Or uh, matt at com. Or you can try the nonpartisan line? Info at com. So thanks again, guys. Have a great week. Take care. Two faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.